Welcome to Fearless with Jason Whitlock. I am Jason Whitlock. Happy Friday to you and yours. Uncle Jimmy's here. Yes, sir. In his, uh, you know, they took your welcome back sign. You're not doing this like a birthday. It's not your welcome back week. No, no, no. It's just, uh, we only welcomed you back for two days. Yeah, that's all I need, man. That's all you need? That's all, right. all I need. I've had man. a lot of people call and ask me about you. Uh, and I told him he's fine. He's you, made it through the week. Damn, you said, nope, you can't have his job. He's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I have heard from Jay Flake. Uh, <laughs> but, hey, we got a fantastic, fantastic show planned. We're going to go out to Washington, D.C. and talk with the smartest man on the show, Professor D. Delano Squires. Uh, he's written a column about the war being waged on American children mm. by the real American Taliban. Uh, which has some good synergy with the fire I'm about to start. But also we're going to go out to uh, Chicago, talk with our man, fearless contributor Greg Couch. He's written a piece about COVID and the unvaccinated. I, I say unvaxxed are the new black. I think he says the unvaxxed are the new minorities. He, he, he tries to be po politically correct, I think. I'm not politically correct. If Greg said it, I'm siding with him. I know, I know you are, uh, you're, because you're an idiot. Uh, Your grandkids are idiots. But uh, Uncle Jimmy also has a parody song uh, that I think incorporates uh, you like Bobby it. Brown. Or you gonna my like pro it. Oh yeah, no, you like yeah. got a parody song. Yeah, we got Stick around for that. I've, I've seen a little preview of it. I'm trying to throw you off the trail, but it's pretty funny. Uh, but. You guys know what I like to do at the beginning of a show. I like to start a fire. Uh, we're losing the mold war to China. Did you get that? M-O-L-D, the mold war to China. The Asian superpower and America's economic and military rival is molding its culture in masculinity. America is doing the reverse. With a gentle nudge from China, we're leaping into our feminine energy. We're leaning into our feminine energy. On Thursday, China's lawmakers announced a ban on television programming with the incorrect political positions, including shows featuring effeminate men. Jim, I don't know if you could work in China. Uh, the Chinese Communist Party is pushing back against the feminization of men. Meanwhile, here in America, we're celebrating it. Also on Thursday, the rapper Little Nasty X-Rated, or Little Nas X, partnered with People Magazine to promote the fallacy that he's having a baby. In an extravagant photo spread, Little Nas was pictured pregnant. His new album, Montiero, is slated to be born on September 17th. Little Nasty X put out over social media, surprise! I can't believe I'm finally announcing this. My little bundle of joy, Montiero, is due September 17th, 2021. Yeah, see over here in America, we have birthing people. Did you know that Jim, we, have, we don't have uh, pregnant women, we have birthing people. Men can have babies here in America. I know many of you think we should ignore Little Nasty X-Rated. Mm-hmm, I'm one of them. He's a troll. The maker of Old Town Road is a one-hit wonder who is constantly courting controversy for relevance because his music is no good. 
I wish all of that were true. Little Nas is important because he has the support of our cultural puppet masters. Mm. There's a reason People Magazine supported his pregnancy photos. Little Nas is bait for the minds of young people. He's a tool being used to feminize little boys. Old Town Road made him an icon among grade schoolers. Now that he's an influencer of the young, he's putting out music to influence young boys into the LGBTQ plus direction. Every other month, he executes an attention-grabbing stunt connected to a sexual taboo. When he's not giving the devil a lap dance, he's twerking naked in a prison shower or posed in a satin white dress with a huge baby bump. Just a few years ago, we were, perhaps falsely, led to believe that three to four percent of Americans were gay. Now, when you turn on television or open a social media app, society is presented, is presented as a narrative centered around alternative sexual identities. Transgenders make up 1% of society, maybe less than that. But 50% of our conversations are centered around transgenders. This is by design and manipulation. If China is attempting to build a more masculine society, what kind of society would it love for its chief rival to adopt? America is ruled by toxic femininity. The pleasing of emotions and feelings is our highest priority. We take so seriously the protection of feelings and emotions that thought crimes are judged more harshly than actual crimes. January 6th is a great example. The rioters at the Capitol have been labeled and treated as insurrectionists, even though the damage they caused at the Capitol pales in comparison to a typical Black Lives Matter and Antifa riot. The real crime of January 6th is wrong think. The rioters wrongly think Donald Trump was a good president. Support of Trump offends the sensibilities of feminized Americans. Man can never please, can never really fully please a woman. It's not in her nature to feel fulfilled. There's always more, something better. I'm sorry if that offends. It's my belief. It's my belief that we're building a society that makes laws and rules based on feelings. A fleeting, flighty, and filthy emotion. Emotions and feelings drive the behavior of weak people. Modern culture says men are weak when they don't expose their emotions. The truth is men are weak when they don't control and tame their emotions. So are societies. Human beings are capable of feeling a lot of things. Biological boys feel like girls. Biological girls feel like boys. I have sympathy for every human who suffers identity confusion. But we can't make laws focused on satisfying the feelings of confused people. Where does it stop? There are human beings who feel like dogs and cats. I'm not being flippant. I do not doubt that Bruce Jenner felt like a woman trapped in a man's body. I don't doubt it for one second. 
but we can't make laws based on people's feelings. Feelings change. A fair society presents challenges for all of us. Should airlines be forced to exchange the size of their seats because I feel uncomfortable in a standard coach seat? There are consequences for untamed feelings and desires. I feel like eating McDonald's five times a day. There's a price for that. There's a price America is going to pay for its emasculation of men. China is taking steps to collect that debt. Little Nas X is just another maxed out credit card in the mold world. You like that, Jim? I kind of heard what you did there in the mold. Mold war. That's M-O-L-D. I checked you out. I yeah. like that. That's my fire for today. Delano's got some more gas to throw on this fire with, with his column. Uh, but I think we're losing a major war, cultural war, to China. I'm not saying China's going about it the right way with their government banning effeminate men off TV, basically. But I get what they're doing. They're trying to make their society more masculine, and they're trying and succeeding in making our society more feminine. There's a price we're going to pay for that. Delano, welcome to the show. Uh, do, you, do you think I've made a, a decent point here in terms of China's leaning into its masculinity and we're leaning into our femininity and there's going to be a price to pay for the directions we're leaning? So if I could add to your point, Jason, I would say this. Um, in, in our country, it's not just that we're leaning into our femininity. I think we should put a finer point on it, right? The culture wants to wants to convince men to lean into their femininity while they encourage women to be more and more masculine. And I, I touched on that in my piece, and I know we'll get to that later. But um, feminism, I'd say probably at least since the you know late 60s and, and early 70s, has told women that the best way to be a, a, a woman is to be more like a man. So reject everything about yourself that makes you uniquely feminine, right? Which is why abortion is right up there at the top of the list in terms of feminist priorities. We want you to have the, the sexual appetites and proclivities and orientation in terms of, you know, uh, no, no strings attached, consequence-free sex the same way men do. We want you to strike your power poles and to be aggressive the same way that men are. Because at the end of the day, um, our cultural elites say that they um, care for women and they care for children, but, but they really don't. They hate both because they take, as I said, the things that make women most unique and they tell them to throw that to the side because the best way to be a good woman is to act just like a man. And China's going in the exact opposite direction. They, they, they're cutting uh, with the grain of nature and we're cutting against the grain of nature. And I think, to your point, we're going to see the long-term effects of that in, in the decades to come. You know what, Delano, yesterday, I think it was, Jimmy, you made a, a heck of a point, I thought, it was yesterday or the day before, no, it was, I think it was on Wednesday, about Steve Harvey's book that they turned into a movie. And I actually, shocked how much I enjoyed the movie, mm. but now I understand it on a different level, Think like a man, 
act like a woman. Act like a man, think like a woman. No, it was think like a man, act like a woman. That was the name of the book. Am I right, Delano? Yeah, I think I think it was. Internet. I think I think it was think like a man. I think it was think like a man. Yeah, think like a man, act like a woman, yeah. and that had much much more consequence and meaning behind it than I interpreted at the mm-hmm. time. It, 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 because we were laughing at it. It was a good, I got it. We were laughing, so due to the fact that it was, we laughed at it, it was acceptable. Now, now that it doesn't happen, we're like, whoa. Yeah, yeah, and because that is, think like a man, and, and you know what? He, the first half of it was right. The real point of the movie was probably think like a man and act like a man. Because once you start thinking like a man, how are you going to act like a woman? Right. Mm. Exactly. Exactly. And Go ahead, D. No, I, 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 was, I was just going to say, I mean, going back to your point in terms of, you know, Lil Nas X, right? At least, you know, we all three of us could say, you know, we watched the Steve Harvey movie, Think Like a Man. We got some good laughs out of it. You know, we didn't really take it seriously. Um, it served its purpose at the time. But what the media is doing with Lil Nas X, right, in the music industry, in Hollywood, in corporate media, introducing him to young children early through Old Town Road. And he even said, hey, if you listen to that, to that song, I was telling you guys who I was back then. You just weren't listening. Right? Because a, part, a big part of this is the American public, which has got, gotten so used to doing that we don't think anymore. And we're, we're willing to hand our children over to anybody as long as the beat sounds good or the colors are flashy or everybody else thinks that it's cool. But what we're doing, right, on one hand, it is telling you know, women to think like a man. But as I said, it's also telling boys to think more like girls because we're at the point now, it's, it's not just that Lil Nas X you know, has a photo shoot where he, he you know, shows himself as pregnant, right? And of course he's trolling and he, he knows that people are gonna react to it. And, and in a certain, in a certain you know, extent, we don't wanna play too much into it. But it's the reaction from the cultural overlords and they're the ones that are encouraging it. And I've said this before, as a parent, I know the things that I encourage, I'm gonna get more of. And the things that I correct, generally speaking, I'm gonna get less of. And we're, our culture is at a point now, we're at a cultural inflection where the people who criticize Lil Nas X are the ones that get corrected. And the ones that praise him are the ones that get rewarded. And, and part of the, the issue, and, and this is the sort of the natural evolution of, of feminism, right? It's, it's, it's counterintuitive. The feminists went from, I am woman, hear, hear me roar, to this is a man's world. And they are about to erase women in the name of diversity inclusion. And there are a lot of women who are starting to wake up to that. They see it in terms of athletics. Um, you know, they're starting to push back, file lawsuits, make a ruckus, make a noise. But there are a lot of other women who say, no, this is, this is good, this is, this is great, this is the next frontier. And part of that, and, and, and Jason, I know, I know you would agree with this, part of that is because the LGBT movement has cloaked itself in the language of blackness and racial justice. So there are a lot of black women who were on board and will defend Lil Nas X to the death. But eventually what's gonna happen is this, they're gonna start to see that the people like Lil Nas X, um, 
the people who say, you know, I, I, I was uh, assigned male at birth, but I really identify as a woman, woman when, when those college scholarships, when those employment set-asides, when those government contracts start going to people who identify as women, because if all, all it takes to be a woman is just to say, I'm a woman, then what would stop guys who can't compete on an even playing field from just saying it? And once they get pushed out of the market and they're left on the sidelines, and now America has a new class of women that it prefers, then they'll realize the folly of their ways. I want to tell you what's interesting is Little Nas X this whole week has been basically trolling Drake. Mm. Drake has an album that I think came out today or yesterday, CLB, Certified Lover Boy, and, and here's Drake pretending to be on the other side of, like he wants beef with Drake and Drake's audience. And I, I think it's, it's all a choreographed game. And, and that the dichotomy between uh, Little Nas X being gay and, and Drake casting himself as the ultimate player, playboy, whatever, certified lover boy, I think they're actually both on the same team in terms of Drake is an icon for promiscuous sex, guiltless free sex, and so is Little Nas X, but it's just mm. different packaging or a different way to have sex. It's just, you just a few inches away and you're in a different literally <laughs> zone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and so, <laughs> It's front door, back door. It's just where you want to put the money shot. <laughs> Literally. And so I see all of this as it's choreographed, that they're working in tandem. The music industry are pulling both of their puppet strings, and we have this Drake is the sexually promiscuous swipe right, swipe left on Tinder guy, and, and, and Little Nas X is on the other side for the gay movement, swipe right, swipe left. It's all the same thing, and it's all a gimmick and a shtick, and I think they're, uh, Little Nas X is intentionally being allowed to use Drake to elevate himself. I would, I think a lot of people are predicting that uh, on the 17th, Little Nas X's album's gonna disappoint. I don't. I, actually, I think it's going to be very popular. I think Little Nas X is the most influential rapper going right now. Mm. He, he's, he's figured out the art of trolling and keeping his name in the spotlight the way that Kanye West used to be able to do. I, 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 and, and again, I, I'm willing to be wrong on this. Disagree if you like, Jimmy or, or Delano. But, I think Little Nas X right now is the most important artist in rap. Jason, if I could say something that you just said that I'm gonna agree with you on. Hey man, you'd be surprised at how many of these brothers out here really be feeling Drake. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? You got a lot of brothers out there. Oh yeah, I rocks with Drake. And they might as well be rocking with Little Nas X, but you ain't, you, you ain't man enough to come out like Nas X. Mm, okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go, go ahead, Delano. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I tend to think 
um, th- there was a time in my life where I, I I would see incidents like this and I would just think that they were, you know, disconnected, happenstance, coincidence. But now I'm starting to feel like most of this stuff is being coordinated. I don't know by whom, but it just it, it all fits way too nicely. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and and the, the backdrop. Right. Think think of culturally this week. We had the state of Texas pass a law that says that will prohibit doctors from performing an abortion after a heartbeat is detected. And in the same week, we have our cultural overlords pushing little Nas X as a pregnant man. Now, I guarantee you, they wouldn't want to hear anybody say that he should abort his baby. If you understand what I'm saying, right? (laughs) Because when it comes to black men, they want to encourage us to get pregnant, get pregnant and encourage black women to kill their offspring. So I'm starting to see this as, and, and, and to be quite clear, and, and Jason, you know, we've talked about this on the show, I'm equally disgusted with the type of culture that Lil Nas X is pushing and what commercial hip hop has been pushing for the better part of 30 years. Um, I think all of it should go in the trash can and we should start new. If, if, if we wanna talk about defund, defunding, dismantling, tearing down something, I would much rather tear down that stuff than you know, our current, whatever system that people wanna talk about, you know, capitalism or education, whatever it is. I, I'd much rather tear down the type of culture that we have let come into our house collectively as, as an American people, and specifically in the black community, I'd much rather tear that down and start with something else because ultimately, as a, as a Christian, I'm, I'm thinking, how do the things that are being pushed in culture, whether by, again, the media or by the government, how are those things squaring with what I know to be true about human nature, about God as a creator, and about the nature of his created beings? And these things, this, this is a clash of worldviews. And it's, the question is, is, is Caesar God or is God God? And ultimately, the American public is going to have to, to, to answer that question, because right now we're being pushed in a direction where the culture, right, people and CNN and social media and our institutions and our professional leagues. Right. The, 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 the NFL came out of the closet a couple of weeks ago. All, all of the institutions of the culture are using their their power, their might to tenderize our children. Right. To soak them in the marinade, to, to, to loosen those fibers, the things that parents try to put into them. They're trying to break all that down to get kids to accept things that they would have never accepted 50 years ago. And then on top of that, the institutions of government through our laws and our policies want to pulverize any any parents that push back, call them bigots, dox them, try to, you know, get them called racists and lose their jobs. And it's up to us as as parents, as other concerned allies to pressurize both parties, because if not, we're going to lose a generation of our kids. That's a perfect segue. And I don't even know if calling it a segue is you kind of previewed your column. But I, I, I kind of want you to expand and explain your column today about the, 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 the real American Taliban waging a war against uh, our children. Uh, excellent column. I suggest everyone uh, go read it on, at theblaze.com. But a- a- expound on your point even more about the column you wrote today, Del- Delano. Sure. 
So, I mean, th- th- this this comp came together from a couple of different, you know, incidents. One, we, we talked about earlier this week with the the, the teacher and um, the teachers union president in Los Angeles who said, you know what, it's not a big deal that the kids didn't learn multiplication this year because they know the words riot and insurrection. They know the difference between a, a, a coup and a protest. Um, and to me, that was just so indicative of the direction in which our education system is going uh, in this country, right? They, they're all about partisan activism and indoctrination, not the, the shaping of minds and morals. And that's why I mentioned in, in the piece, a generation ago, kids took Latin in high school, and now they need remedial English in college. So, and that just goes to show you how f- far we've, we've slid in terms of being able to educate our children. So that was one piece of it, and, and I started with that mind. But after seeing the reaction to the, to the Texas law um, and seeing the, the type of weeping and gnashing of teeth, if you were an alien that came to this country and you saw the way that, that people were protesting and you know the, the people on, um, on CNN and MSNBC, right, the male feminists and, and their allies and, and you know, all the different protest movements, you would have thought that Texas passed a bill to, to kill children once they're born. Right. The, the bill will literally save the lives of hundreds of thousands of children um, from now until or millions of children. If, if you want to extend it out, you know, over the decades, if it stands. And the people who claim to care about women, claim to care about children, the marginalized, the oppressed and particularly black folk were the ones pushing back and saying this is a, an injustice there. The Texas legislature is infringing on the rights of women and even the president himself said that this this law is going to disproportionately impact low-income women and, and, and communities of color. And I just, the part of my part of my reaction is this, I wish they had the courage of their convictions to come out and say, we want a world with fewer poor and black people in it. At least then I could respect them as men because they, they would be open about their intentions. But they hide behind euphemisms and weasel words um, they use words like reproductive justice and health care. They talk about um, people who may become pregnant. And this is why I, I linked it, you know, the, the term American Taliban was, was um, trending. And, and, and the people who were making it trend were trying to say that the Texas legislature was acting as, you know, a theocratic body. But, but to me, I see it a little bit different because the United States government funded gender programs in Afghanistan in the tune of about 787, I think it was million dollars. And I saw one video, I, I started a column with it, where a British instructor was trying to explain French impressionist art to a room of Afghan women. And she showed a picture of a urinal and she told them that this was really high art in, in the early you know, 20th century. And you could see one of the women just shake her head and say, what is this? And that to me represents the, the failure um, of Western style cultural imperialism. And you saw part of that failure play out over the course of a couple of weeks where the Afghan government, which received millions of, if not billions of dollars from, from America over 20 years, tucked and, tucked and ran because even though they said, this is our country, we wanna lead it, they didn't have the courage of their convictions. And when met with an opposing force that actually believed in something, right? They ran out of there. And I think that should be a lesson for American parents today. 
you know that your child is your son is not a girl just because he likes to wear pink shirts. So don't let anybody tell you that he is and tell you that they're caring for him by calling him um, Janet when he's at school and then Jimmy when when you come to pick him up. And that's that's really what I want to talk about. The fact that the left promotes a death culture. And I said it and I meant it. They hate our children. That's why they want to kill them in the womb. Once they get here, they want to confuse them and indoctrinate them in schools. Once they before they hit puberty, they want to get them hooked on uh, hormones and puberty blocking drugs. Once once they pass puberty, they they encourage them to cut off healthy breast tissue in their, in their genitals. Right. Even while America condemns genital mutilation in other countries, we, we subsidize it here in the name of you know gender affirming care. They want kids to come up and they want to dismantle the nuclear family, even though they know that the nuclear family po- provides the best um, uh, life experiences and, and, and environment for children. They want to dismantle that. They promote sex work and prostitution, pornography on OnlyFans. They promote drag queen story hour at, at publicly funded libraries and even drag kids on TV. Um, Jason, I actually cut that part out of the, out of the article. There's a, a young kid named Desmond is Amazing. Anybody wants to look it up? Google Desmond is Amazing and Good Morning America. They had him on GMA three years ago, and they introduced him as a trailblazer who was inspiring. And you know who the person that, that did the lead in? Michael Strahan. The 200 and some odd pound Hall of Fame defensive end who that day was playing the role of cultural gelding. Because if, 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 if he still had his parts, he would have said, there's no way I'm bringing out an 11-year-old and, and trying to promote him to our youth and, and, and not ask his parents why it's okay for him to perform in, in gay clubs in front of grown men who toss ones and fives at his feet. That's, that's the left's agenda. So to me, you know, I'm willing to go on this cultural kamikaze mission with you because if we're doing it for the culture, the culture that we have right now is worth taking down. Uh, <laughs> now that's a fire, Jim. Uh, <laughs> Wait a minute. Well, we, we don't say nothing about Dwayne Wade's kid. Jim, I don't, you almost get it us off court. I, I, I can't go there I, right now. That's I too would. much to unpack. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I, but, <laughs> I got, that's too much to unpack. He just unloaded on Strahan, and, and I, I, we'll get to it. Not today, but we'll get to it. I, I want to, one thing your writing has helped me understand, Delano, because you've brought up abortion several times and coming on the show, and, and, and I've... I respect I have, you've helped me clarify my position on abortion. And, and I, was al- you know, I was already there, but now it's like I'm crystal clear on it, and I understand the support of uh, of abortion rights, I understand it on a much deeper level. And just listening to you talk today, here was the thought that, that ran across my mind, is that really what abortion is a giant symbol to me that has been imposed and instilled within American culture is that kids really are not that important. Mm-hmm. And, and one of my firm beliefs ever for a long 40 years even when I was a kid I came up with the philosophy and the belief that like God's gonna judge us 
on how we handle and develop what we create. Mm. There's mm. no more important assignment mm. than that God gives us than the raising and the development of our kids. Okay. And I look at over the last 60 years, all the messaging and the biggest one is abortion is that <laughs> kids aren't really that important. I mean, they stand in the way of your career. You right. want that second car, don't have a kid. You want to have that second home and take that vacation, don't have a kid. Sacrifices that people used to make for their kids, all, you know what, I'm gonna stick in this really hard marriage. I don't think there's anything in the Bible or anybody's ever said, you know what, marriage is easy. No one's ever given you that false advertisement. Anybody I know that's been married, any minister that I've heard talk about, it's hard, but it's rewarding. And the greatest reward from a marriage, generally speaking, is the development of great young people who will turn around in, in your old age as parents mm -hmm. and will, will basically be your parents. And, and I say this in all respect to my mother and my father before he passed. Me and my brother became their parents and took great pride and take great pride in taking care of them. That's the cycle that God intends, I believe. And we've sold, like, <laughs> kids just ain't that important. And we're looking at a generation of kids who have no respect for elderly people mm -hmm. and the generations before them because we've been derelict. All of our messaging, everything that we believe, we built a culture that has said they're not that important. They really just stand in the way of your hedonistic pleasure of the moment. And, and so cut corners, do whatever you have to do to disconnect from your responsibility of the development of these young people. And if that means sticking a plunger up a woman's mm. vagina to end that thing as quick as possible, that's exactly what we'll do. And if that means uh, you know, work that second job so you can get them des that designer purse or that uh, sports car that you want and ignore your kids. Just give them, give them an Xbox or a PlayStation, sit them in front of right. that. That'll take care of it. Th that's, I, I just, abortion and abortion rights are just a big giant sign that says, we don't really care about no kids. That's exactly. my takeaway from your writing. Exactly, and and again, I, I try to um, I try to come at it from a from a biblical perspective because the, in that sense, again, I'm I'm trying to bring in everyone, right? Abortion is not just a black issue, even though it disproportionately you know um, impacts the black community. Part of it, to me, it just it goes back to the fact that you know I believe that God created man, and, male and female, in His own image, and every life has inherent dignity and worth. I don't think kids are, are less worthy of living because they are, you know, born to, to low-income parents. I don't think they're less worthy of living because they have a disability, right, or congenital, uh, uh, you know, disease or defect. But sometimes what you'll hear on the left, they'll start to inch in that direction. But as I said, these are people who gain, who get their strength from the fact that all the people with the right views, quote-unquote, agree with them. They don't have the courage to say, Yes, I think 
more poor black women should abort their children because those kids could have difficult lives. And for me, in my mind, I always ask myself, well, how many black folk would be in America if the only people, if the only black people who could, who could have children were, were middle income at the time, you know? And, and you can actually see over the course of decades, the black percentage of the American population in 1970 was about 11%. And right now, it's probably a little under 13%. So in 50 plus years, it really hasn't moved at all. And part of that is because since uh, Roe v. Wade, approximately 20 million black children have been aborted. And as I mentioned in the article, and, and people notice they, you know, I've, I've been on the show, they've heard me talk. I focus a lot on, on, on New York where I'm from in DC, you know, where I live. And in New York City, the, the home of Planned Parenthood, where Margaret Sanger started her first birth control clinic, um, about half of all black children are killed in the womb before they can draw their first breath. And New York City is the city with the largest black population in the country. And about half of black babies are aborted. So, I'm, and, and t- t- let me be clear, I'm not saying the only solution to this is government, because this actually comes back to, to one of my central um, positions, and we talk about it all the time. If America had the as low and out of uh, wedlock birth rate as Korea, you'd have way fewer abortions. But our cultural norm has changed to the point where we've completely unhitched marriage and child rearing, right? There was a time where, like a buffet, you pay one price, you get everything. But now it's a la carte. Well, you know, we don't really, we're not really in a relationship, but we just want to have kids. Or, and, and that's become the norm. And in particularly in our community, and, and especially in low-income black communities, it's probably closer to 9 out of 10 kids who are born to parents who aren't married. So I don't care what policy positions, who you elect, school choice, any of that stuff. If black folk get reparations, there is, in my mind, there is no uh, uh, way forward in terms of progress in the black community if we don't rebuild the, the black family. And while our cultural elites, our intellectuals, quote unquote, our talented 10th is busy talking about destroying white supremacy, they don't say a word about rebuilding the black family. And that's, that's really what I'm after. And that's why when they say do it for the culture, this is not a culture worth doing anything f- for, except chopping it down and putting it in the wood chipper. And then we can see, you know, once we spread it, you know, the, 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 the I don't know what you get out of a wood chipper, but the, the remains on the ground, we can see what, what we can the fertilize and what, the mulch, thank you, Uncle Jimmy. Um, we can see what, what, we, what we can fertilize and what we can grow. Because right now, Jason, as you said, our priorities, and this is, uh, as America, our priorities are in the wrong place. And that's why our kids are doped up on drugs, more anxious and more depressed than ever. Many of them lack purpose and direction. And that's why they do everything they can on social media to, to get likes and attention from people who they don't know. And that's how some of these young girls get drawn into OnlyFans, right? They say, well, my body, who cares? I don't have any dignity. Why, why won't I show myself off to, to old perverts, you know, who are willing to pay a couple bucks a month. Who cares? And, and to me, that's something that we, we need to reverse. And, and if I could, I, I, f- I found a quote, and this may not seem like uh, uh, it would go in this conversation, but I think it hits it perfectly. It's from Samuel Adams, and it's a quote he gave at the height of the Revolutionary War, right? And because and I, as I said, I, I, I think we're in a war right now for our children. 
And this is what he said. He said, if ye love wealth better than liberty, the tranquility of servitude better than the animating contest of freedom, go home from us in peace. We ask not your counsels or arms. Crouch down and lick the hands which feed you. May your chains set lightly upon you and may posterity forget that ye were our countrymen. And that's my, that's my message to anybody that thinks a few extra bucks is worth trading in your children. We're gonna end on that note, Delano. That was awesome. That was excellent. That's why we call him the smartest man on the show. That's why he's the smartest <laughs> man on the show. Yeah. That's right. I don't have a problem admitting that, Jim. Hey, well, look, I have no problem with admitting it either. Yeah. I mean, I gladly. I mean, if I'm coming down to place a chip between you and him, yeah, <laughs> it's not close. Uh, one day I'm going to grow up and I'm going to be as smart as Delano. All right. Thank you, D. Thank Appreciate you it. Great job. Better get some HGH. <laughs> hey, uh, speaking of it's Friday. And see, I think you forgot that, you know, your Friday assignment was to spark up the grill and have some good ranchers for the staff after the show on Fridays. It's supposed okay. to be uh, Jimmy's cookout. Did, did, did good ranchers send that seafood palette, that, that, that new palette they was talking about? Well, we'll get that, but we still got okay, some Okay, well, Uncle Jimmy got some here. demands here to this. <laughs> There's some rules to this thing. I'm going to let next Friday come. And you have not cooked anything. That's all I'm saying. Don't let next Friday come and we not have that seafood pack. <laughs> I don't want to lose my job, good ranchers. <laughs> all right, for high quality, 100% American farm-raised food, our good friends at Good Ranchers, they got you covered. They have some of the best steaks and chicken I've ever tasted. And trust me, I've tasted a lot. That ain't over, no lie. Over the years. But what you can't get from Good Ranchers is, uh, what you can get from Good Ranchers is unrivaled. You can have any one of their food options, such as the Cattleman or the Family Feast Bundle, shipped safely to your home in specially sealed and seasoned packages. Good Ranchers will provide a great meal for everyone in your entire family to enjoy. So stop waiting and order right now. If you subscribe, you'll get $20 off and free express shipping. Get steakhouse quality for less than $5 per meal. Go to GoodRanchers.com fearless slash fearless to get $20 off and free express shipping. That's GoodRanchers.com slash fearless. Don't go anywhere. Great couch just around the corner. All that and more. Next! Welcome back. Time to roll out to Chicago and check in with Uncle Jimmy's alleged favorite sports columnist of all time. How can Greg Couch be your favorite sports columnist? You've been reading my columns for 30 years. Exactly. And, 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 and you know what? And in all honesty, your columns were the greatest columns that I had read probably for the first six months that I had started reading you. <laughs> You know, and I just like the fact that Greg is coming in, bringing some new blood into the industry, and I just appreciate it. He's just a breath of fresh air. Um, the man, what? He's been around longer than I have. Okay, and he's aging a hell of a lot better than you, Jason. <laughs> Come on, man. All right, well, let's let's bring in Greg. He wrote something today about uh, Corey's Indianapolis Colts, uh, although Corey claims to be a Bears fan. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts, Got a little COVID controversy. Uh, Carson Wentz, their quarterback, hasn't taken the vaccine. 
I guess they got the lowest vaccination rate allegedly in the National Football League. And, and they're, the quarterback of their defense, Darius Leonard, the linebacker, he hasn't taken the vaccine, and I guess he talked about it. Greg found all this very interesting, as did I, but I, I'll let Greg explain. Uh, what are you griping about or what are you writing about today, Greg? <laughs> I just thought it was interesting that I think that the, the mob rule here has created a, a new form of, of minority, unvaxxed Americans, okay? Carson Wentz is saying that, you know, he, he hasn't gotten the vaccine. He said that he stays up all night thinking about it and because he knows that he's hurting the team by not getting it. And at the same time, he's not comfortable getting it. And the media come back, and the one I mentioned specifically in this column was Greg Doyle of the Indianapolis Star. And he comes in and says, well, this is how selfish Wentz is. He's not paying attention to help his team. And if the Colts want to cut him right now, I'll be glad to help him pack and drive him to the airport to get him out of here. I mean, they're not even listening to what Wentz is saying. I mean, he's not saying that he's not into worrying about his team. He's saying that he stays up at night thinking about it. So, yeah, I think Darius Leonard stepped in the stud on the defense and stood up for Wentz just by saying, you know, here's what I think. Here's why I'm struggling with having a getting the vaccine or not. And I think that's what we need more of. You know, the media are supposed to be here to stand up for the voiceless. And, uh, you know, that's what I, you asked me once a while ago. What did, what did I do as a writer in Chicago that meant the most to me? And I said it was about standing up for the little guy. The Cubs used to have a ticket scalping operation that was basically illegal. And they were running against Cubs fans. And I was finding taxi cab drivers and showing how they were, you know, affected by it. And I realize Carson Wentz isn't exactly a taxi cab driver trying to make a living, but I mean, the, the lesser players and, and then even some of the star players like Wentz who are unvaxxed are being treated like a minority with no voice. And so I like it that Leonard stood up and said something and I wish the media would ask the questions and we'd be able to get more answers from the star players like that. The, the thing I read the piece and I had previously read or heard about, I saw something, Greg Doyle, uh, put out, you know, basically attacking Carson Wentz. You know, he had some little quip about buying him a ticket out of town if, if he wanted to. I, I think Greg just mentioned. And I got to be, I, it, it irritates and pisses me off because uh, Carson Wentz is being mistreated. And I know he's worth a lot of money. He's made a lot of money in the NFL. But this bullying of unvaxxed players is bogus and BS to me, and it's not what the media is designed to do. And and they are, be, it's like the unvaxxed, unvaxxed is the new black. Is mm. that, that should be the TV show oh, yeah. that they come out with instead of, what are they, orange is the new black? Unvaxxed is the new black. And, and Blackish. Yeah. <laughs> Blackish. <laughs> and so I'm just, Greg, I'm gonna be honest with you. I, 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 I've, had, I've got a history with Greg Doyle. It's not personal on my end, but the guy used to troll me in the other iteration of himself. Uh, since he left, you know, he was with CBS Sports and he was this troll columnist for CBS Sports. And, and he's kind of remade himself over at the Indianapolis Star, but he's still a troll because he's trolling Carson Wentz. There's no proof. No one has argued that Carson Wentz was selfish in Philadelphia. They said he didn't connect personally with the wide receivers, and they said he couldn't stay healthy on the field. But now we got this little personal attack on Carson Wentz, and, and, and he's allegedly selfish. How can somebody be selfish about their own personal health? 
You're supposed to be selfish about your own personal health. Right or wrong, Greg? Of course. I mean, it's a personal issue. And I don't expect Doyle to be standing up for anti-vaxxers if, if that's what he doesn't believe in. But he needs to at least hear what the guy has to say. I mean, just listen and don't just, like you said, don't just troll or take a cheap shot. That's what everyone's doing. They're just barking at the moon here. You've got uh, anti-vaxxers barking at the anti-vax moon and the vaxxers barking at the vax moon. No one's listening. No one's paying attention. That's really why I liked what Leonard did, Darius Leonard. I just thought... I thought he really maybe opened a conversation that could be useful and, and maybe can turn things around a little bit, especially in the NFL. Well, I, I, what I like about what Leonard did is, you know, and look, he's not a professional broadcaster. He's just a, a pro athlete. He's not some writer. Uh, but, but there is a side to the unvaxxed story. And we're right. acting like there is no side. Like they don't have a right. Again, by, by injecting the term selfish into this, if there's one area where every human being has the right to be selfish, it's their personal health. We can't, we, your personal health isn't a group thing. And I understand that we can all get COVID and that perhaps there's an argument that Jimmy's vaccination status could impact Corey's, perhaps. But there's all kinds of information flowing both directions. Everybody's acting like they're an expert on this. And what Darius Leonard said is like, hey, man, I'm trying to figure this out. I'm reading both sides of the arguments. I'm taking that all into account. But I don't need to be rushed into this decision. I think that's a perfectly legitimate stance and this whole notion that, oh, if guys would just think about their football teams and take and take this experimental vaccine, well, hold on, man. These same football players are playing through injuries and taking toward it all. They're doing all kinds of unselfish things. And so this should just be one more thing. It shouldn't even be that much. Totally disagree with that, Jim. I'm actually being a little bit. No, no I get what you're being. Well, the, the, the fact is, we asked you to take all these other drugs. Now, all of a sudden, you don't want to take this little shot? Many, many shots as we give y'all before the game, now you don't want to take this little one? Well, I'll say this, and, and Greg, feel free to jump back in here, but I'll say this. With Tortodol or whatever else they're taking, steroids, whatever it is, there have been major studies done over the course of those drugs that tell you the exact side effects. We don't know about the side effects of these vaccines. There haven't been major studies done. So if a guy wants to do the calculation and say, you know what, I know what could happen to me if I take these steroids or if I take this cortisone shot or whatever, I've talked to doctors, I know all the side effects, I'm willing to take that risk. I think it's perfectly logical for them to say, I don't know the side effects of these vaccines. I'm not willing to take that risk yet. I mean, Jason, I can think I say it, something before Greg, before you, Greg, because I want to ask Greg this question. Go ahead. It goes to what you're saying. Greg, all of these athletes say that, you know, anytime they fail a drug test, all these athletes say it's our duty to make sure that we know what's going on inside our bodies. Can these athletes, or, or we, we, it's our duty to know what we're putting inside our bodies. Can these athletes truthfully say that they know what's going inside their bodies with these vaccines? 
I mean, I don't think we're at that point yet, but the FDA has approved it. I mean, at some point, you're going to have to trust somebody that, that this thing is, is safe. I mean, I don't know how long it's going to be experimental to you. But I just wanted to say, and I'd like to hear your answer to that, but I, I just wanted to say, too, that I think some there's an issue here with football teams are wondering whether the players' bodies belong to the players. I mean, the football teams have been giving these drugs to these players since, you know, God knows when. Remember North Dallas 40, the movie from, like, 1971 or something mm -hmm. like that, where they're just injecting things all over? Maybe the teams are just so used to the players taking whatever the teams want them to take that they think this should just happen and come without any argument. Let me say, I think that's a good point, that they are of that mentality. Hey, we're paying you all this money. We'll tell you what to take. You do it. And, and look, the movie North Dallas 40 was basically an objection to that culture. And we right. have been objecting to that culture and supporting people and try, do it, allegedly taking all kinds of steps to make the game safer. Uh, but in terms of the FDA approval, can I? Yeah, I did that. Uh, I don't know if it showed up, but so what? In terms of two people from the FDA, high-ranking people, resign over the way this COVID vaccine deal is being handled. You don't have unanimity in, in, of agreement within the FDA. I, I'm just two days ago, I think high-ranking executives within the FDA. Like, hey, they don't like the way this is being handled, the way the, the booster shots are being handled. All kinds of protocols are being broken. Operation Warp Speed, all the protocols have been broken to rush this experimental vaccine. And it, it sounds like I'm hyper anti-vaccine. I'm not. I think there's a group of people that definitely should take it. They're mostly over 40 years old. They're mostly overweight and have other medical issues. I'm a prime candidate to take the vaccine. What's right for me isn't right for Carson Wentz or Darius Leonard. And for Greg Doyle or any other idiot that needs some clicks and some traction to try to paint Carson Wentz as a bad guy or any of these unvaxxed people as bad people over some personal decision that they're making. It's not Greg Doyle's body. It's Carson Wentz's. He and his wife get to make that decision, not Greg Doyle and the Indianapolis Colts or football. I, I, I was offended, I, and I really am. I'm offended by what, what Doyle is doing, and, and he's, he's just a symptom of a bigger issue that's going on with the rest of the media. And, and I, I'm gonna write about this next, there's this God complex going on, where everybody thinks, elects themselves God, and they know what's best for Greg Couch, for Jimmy Dodds, for Corey Smith, for Jason Whitlock, and, and, and you know what, I'm gonna impose my point of view on you. It's a God complex that, that I just completely reject. And, and you know, you mentioned about the media being a voice for the voices. We've totally abandoned that. We're a voice for the establishment. Mm. And the establishment, the NFL, says everybody gets a vax and everybody jumps on board like sheep and start bullying people like Carson Wentz and shaming people like Darius Leonard. It's all, they're a bunch of cowards. You know, Greg Doyle loves to run around, and play the tough guy. This is cowardly behavior. 
I guess I'd just ask one thing, though. I mean, when when will you feel confident that it's not an experimental drug anymore? I mean, the people who are saying that it's not experimental are the FDA, the government, the media. I mean, all these institutions are no longer respected. I mean, I, I'm not saying that you're being unfair, but I would just like you to ask yourself when what has to happen before you'd say, OK, this is a legit safe drug to take. Greg, I'd. And I, I don't want to give in. You do. I think it's Pfizer. You know, Pfizer doesn't have to turn in the results of their testing until 2025. I didn't know I that. need something before 2025. They yeah. can't be held liable. The, the pharmaceutical companies can't be held liable if this thing skids off the road. That was built into the deal. They're not responsible. And so, Greg, uh, there's a lot of drugs that I've taken. Aleve. Advil, Spanish fly, <laughs> There's a lot that I would prefer not to take and I don't trust. And so it's never going to happen. Ter- me trusting any drug is never going to happen. Will I take some because I think it's in my best interest or because I haven't done the proper things so that the system that God created within me could handle some of these issues? Yeah. Yes. So there are drugs. And it, at some point you may, you know, I- any drug. But I don't take the flu vaccine. I, th- there's a lot of things. And it has to do. I don't, there's no drug. There's no man made thing that I fully trust that will never happen. I'm a skeptic and a cynic about everything man made because man is flawed and man will do anything. And woman will do anything in pursuit of power. And, and in pursuit of money. We've seen that. I, you know, I, I talk about this all the time. I don't know if you're a, uh, a, and I've made this reference before, I don't know, Greg, if you've seen the TV show Game of Thrones or if your kids watch Game of Thrones, but the entire purpose of Game of Thrones, and it was a great show for a while, but the entire purpose was to try to show you that men and women in pursuit of power, money, and fame, there are no rules. They will kill, steal, and do anything. And I've said it before, you haven't seen the show, but, but I'm t- you should watch it be, and get past all the sorcery and the fantasy stuff and just look at what they're trying to tell you. When, I'm t- when, when the guy Stannis Baratheon burned his like 12-year-old daughter at the stake, I was like, that's humanity. And that's what, again, if you don't, submit to a higher power, if you don't uh, humble yourself before God, there's nothing you won't do. And so I've looked at this COVID thing be completely politicized. It's all political now. If, you, if someone says they, they don't want to take the vaccine, oh, they're a Trump supporter and they're an idiot and they don't, we just had a discussion, who was Don Lemon yesterday talking about uh, you know, don't you go should, to the emergency room. Yeah, don't go to the emergency room if, if you haven't been vaccinated. Back. Greg, you do understand that the whole COVID thing, just like everything else, has been poisoned by politics. Of course. I mean, yeah. I mean, everyone takes sides on everything. But I mean, the vaccine's been out there for close to a year now, or three quarters of a year. And I think I would like to think there's enough data to show that there's not a lot of people who are dying from the vaccine. And I realize what you're saying about people aren't dying necessarily at a fast rate for young people, athletes, you know, but 
you know, when I was a little kid, I was running across a busy street in Chicago and my mom, uh, you know, let me know about it later that I wasn't supposed to be doing that. And I could have said, hey, well, I didn't die when I was doing it. I mean, <laughs> yeah, but I could have. I mean, the, there's a greater chance that I wouldn't be uh, in trouble if I if I had just done the right thing. So, I mean, I don't know. I just think people look at the numbers in a skewed way, but to your point, they're looking at them in a political way too. So, uh, you know, I guess you just have to go with your gut on this, which is sort of the point about the, the whole Carson Wentz thing. He want, he's got a gut, he's got an interest in it, and someone needs to be able to hear what he has to say about it. Almost all human behavior, all human activity, there's a calculated risk to it. I can sit in this chair for the rest of the day or I can take the risk of standing up and possibly walking to my office and tripping on the way and dying. It happens. There, cars crash all the time. There are more people dying in car crashes than from COVID. We don't, we're not outlawing cars and anybody that drives is being selfish. You know how I many people die in car crashes? You should walk. You should walk instead. Walking is much safer. We should walk everywhere. And people used to walk across continents. And so let's do that again instead of drive because there's some risk to driving. There's risk in everything. Because of politics, we've pretended like this virus is something the world has never ever seen before and we must eliminate all risk of it even though Less than 1% of the people are dying from it. That's that, what I was going to say. You make the argument that no one's dying from the vaccine. Ain't nobody dying from the, from the virus. <laughs> Not many. Fat people are. You should be worried about me, Greg. Don't worry about Carson Wentz. Don't worry about Darius Leonard. That's my point to the NFL and everybody is worry about me. Make sure I've been vaccinated, triple vaccinated. But these young people that are in great shape, leave them the hell alone. I'm gonna be honest with you. If I well, catch you in your office sleep again, I'm gonna jab your ass straight in the neck. <laughs> First chance I get, I got a vial. I got a vial right there in my office. Let me catch you sleep. Yaga. <laughs> Sorry, Greg. Go ahead. I just want to say, you know, there's that's no reason why not to try to mitigate the risk. I mean, we still have speed limits on the roads, so people, fewer people will die or in the cars. You're supposed to wear seat belts, so people, fewer people will die. I can't remember which one it was, but there was a player in the Colts in the summer who said that he had gotten the vax just because he lives with his grandparents or he sees them a lot and he doesn't want to make them sick in case he, he gets the virus. He, he wasn't even really worried about whether he was going to actually be physically sick. He didn't want to make other people sick. So I, I think there are other things to factor. Yeah, there's a risk for everything. So let me just say this. I have a mother, she'll be 82 in December, and I go around her and around other members of my family, and I have, whether I'm vaccinated or not, I have the same opportunity to pass my mother the COVID, or yeah, COVID, the virus, as anybody else. My mother's double and triple vaccinated. You know how I take care of my mother? I put her in a nice house in a gated community, uh, car, furniture, allowance. I was gonna say, cash. I do all kinds of things to make sure my mother's good and other people in my family are good. Uh, you're not gonna convince me that this vaccine is some debt that I owe my 82 year old mother. Uh, 
I, I just, I just, I'm just not going there. There's risk to life. The damn car I got her, she can't see at night. She could, she could die in a car wreck because I got her a car. You know, there, there's risk to anything you do. I give her spending money. She loves to go gamble. She can get robbed out gambling somewhere. Uh, <laughs> buy, buy her some chicken. She can choke on the chicken bone. There you go. <laughs> so, <laughs> it happens. It, all right, I got to go. I got to keep moving. Uncle Jimmy's got... We got to do a parody song. I got a little something for you. You gonna got like something this. cooked up? You yeah, you gonna like this. You dressed up like Bobby Brown or something today? I don't, don't, don't worry about it. Get out of my personal business. <laughs> it's Get out your, my personal business. Your prerogative. All right, go to YouTube.com/slash Jason Whitlock. We got our approval rating on Little Nas X. Also, all that and more. All right, welcome back. Uncle Jimmy's uh, says he's got a special song cooked up for us. You know, oh, yeah. Moved your chair. Oh, you, I needed some room. I was going to need some room for this You one. dress, what do you got your, uh, what do they call it? Cross, you got your best cross color gear on. Jump, jump. <laughs> hey, man, like jump, the song said, what we're going to do here is go back. Way back. All right, so. Back in the time. Yeah, we've spent all week talking about COVID and your battle with COVID and spent all week talking about vaccines and unvaccinated people. And so they tell me your song is, is an ode uh, to the vaccine. Hey man, I, I, I had to go back. I, I, I had to go. I had to go back to the days of BBD. Oh, you, Belleville DeVoe. Be- Belleville DeVoe. Not Criss Cross. You're dressed like Criss Cross. Well, I know what you might think, but, uh, you know, <laughs> remember, you didn't know who Denny was a rap group either, right? <laughs> so we're not going to worry about that. Go, go ahead, Michael Bivens. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to drop this off, man, because, you know, as far as my opinion about the vaccine, yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm like Belleville DeVoe. You know, you know how the song goes, dun, 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 dun. And what do they say? Poison, 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 poison. That's what I think, okay? Mm. But you know, anyway, they break it down and they be like, hey, world, I must warn you. I see something strange in my mind. He said, this situation is serious. And I'm worried cause we're running out of spine. <laughs> See there, y'all act so smart, but evidence was mixed from the start. See, Jason, this is the part that kill me. You know what I'm saying? They say, it's driving me out of my mind. And why's the truth so hard to find? I can't get her out of my head. I miss her. I want to kiss her. I love her. But I can't. Because mm. they want me to take that poison. <laughs> now, Fauci going around talking about if I was you, I'd take precautions. <laughs> Even though you already got a shot, these things come in portions. Boy, you well, can't say. How many more shots you got? <laughs> See here. See, this is the part that kill me, Jason. It's driving me out of my mind. 
And now not one mask can I find. I can't get her out of my head. I want to kiss her. I love her. I'm sorry, Granny, but they want me to take that poison. You should never, never trust a little nut in a smile because he's poison. Yeah, man. That Fauci scheming, he makes you think you're dreaming. Jason, he's the one that's the screaming demon, yeah! <laughs> hey, Fauci, you know what? You know how I know you a loser? <laughs> that's because Bill and Melinda Gates, they used to do you. <laughs> that's how I know you've been poisoned! <laughs> <laughs> never yeah. trust a little nut to smile, huh? <laughs> you never trust a little nut in a smile? <laughs> Jimmy, uh, it was clever. Not your best singing performance, though. Hey, man, it's the heart that counts, man. Don't you judge me. I, th I think you did better as Ricky, actually, than you actually did as Michael Bivens, and I kind of had it reversed. I thought you hit Ricky's notes, the high pitch stuff. It's all about the heart, Jason. Don't yeah. judge me, man. I thought you were better. I'm, I'm not vaccinated yet. When I get vaccinated, <laughs> I'll be able to hit those high notes. <laughs> no, you did hit them. That's Ricky. <laughs> it was Biv that all right, oh, I thought you struggled. I can Maybe do it, it again if you want me to. No. I can no. do it again if you want me to. I don't know if my ears can take it. <laughs> you, got a little, you got a little blood right here. <laughs> <laughs> that was not an eargasm. Uh, but it was quite humorous, not bad. Pretty clever. The vax is poison, according to Uncle Jimmy. Uh, send those complaints to at Uncle Jimmy Blaze uh, on Twitter. Don't send them to me. All right, let's uh, quickly, Jim. Let's see what happens uh -oh. on this one to see who gets the messages. Let's quickly, Jim, uh, go to our approval rating. Let's make it happen, Cap. Uh, it's on Little Nasty X rated. Oh, this dude. Uh, I have. Why? Hold. I'm looking at. Uh, hold. I got him. As candlelit job performance, I got him at a 24, had him at a 25 previously. He's doing a great job as a satanic leader. Uh, I see we've jumped ahead to the whole deal. How do you got him in blazing hot? You gave him a perfect score in every category. Are you saying that the man's not getting down on his job performance? Are you saying that he ain't authentic about this devil worshiping thing he got going on? You realize how many endorsements this boy got, whether you like him or not. We don't know what the hell it is, but you can't say the boy ain't got it. I wish he didn't. You got him at a perfect score of 100. I got him at 51. I should have had him at a dumpster fire, but I gave him a two for it factor because he is trolling America and, and Jason, winning. Jason, I have the boy at blazing hot. I know. When you give the devil a lap dance, where in the hell are you supposed to be but blaming hot in the pits of hell? That's true. Catch up with it. All right. Can we get tomorrow playing so I can get Jimmy's voice? How come out I can't of my sing head? again? No, I want to get your voice out of my head. What? I want to hear from tomorrow. See, man, that. See, I'm going to go home and call what tomorrow. Man, I've made that song up for you. I want freedom.
I just want, I wanna be, I just want, I wanna be, I just want. 